You're listening to Strange by Nature, your guide to the strange, weird, unbelievable, and improbable wonders of the natural world. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being here today. I am Kirk Mona, and I am joined today by Rachel Ginza and Victoria Thompson. We are all professional naturalists who together have scoured the world for weird and wonderful wonders just to please your mammalian brain's desire for novelty. Isn't that nice? Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I am here actually with just Rachel today. Victoria is off this week. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing well. Halloween is in the rear view mirror, though, which is always bittersweet. It was was very sad. It's a very bittersweet. But on the same side, at the same time, Kirk, it was yesterday. So, woohoo. I mean, you know, I, uh, I'm still, you know, digesting all the candy. So I, uh, I I got a little last me for a, a little, little while. Yeah. Oh, good. Fabulous. Speaking of Halloween, though, um, you know, we, we kind of do a lot of spooky kind of topics leading up to it. And people mm-hmm. uh, seemed a lot more disturbed by my Botfly episode uh, than my yeah. actual Halloween topic, which was, you know, just about fear, which that was partially by design. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just wanted it uh, was. to talk about fear rather than actually make people squirm. Uh, but if that disappointed you, you did a well, great fear job. not, this week... I'm talking about no. parasites. No. Yeah, yeah Rachel, parasites. Oh. Um, Kirk, so just Kirk, in a, in a general sense, listeners. though. No, this is what they tune in I don't in have for, a nice Rachel. topic is, either. They, they love it. They love it. That's why they're here. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so <sighs> I find parasites fascinating uh, for a lot of reasons. One of the things that's really fascinating mm-hmm. about them is that they have very complex reproductive life cycles. At least they can. Um, not all of yeah. them do. Some are really very straightforward, which I guess I admire, like for their simplicity and efficiency. Viruses are a really great example of this. If, and this is, mm-hmm. you know, totally hypothetically, right? If my friend Monica had COVID uh, and was in another friend's wedding party and I directly interacted with mm-hmm. her at a wedding, like, you know, hypothetically, COVID could. Right. Hypothetically, you understand, be passed directly to me and infect me. Uh, there's no intermediate. It's just, it's just, you know, going straight from one person to the other. The parasite transfers right. and, you know, again, totally hypothetically, also infects other people at the wedding and temporarily wipes out half of the teaching staff, the organization I work for in one super spreader event. This is completely hypothetically understand. I mean, something like that totally could happen on September 17th, 2021, and people would be directly, um, directly infected. You know what I'm saying? Hypothetically, right? I did. I, I, I do. I do, actually. Yeah. And uh, I vaguely remember yeah. learning and hearing about that hypothetical wedding that happened. Yeah. Oh, that's weird that, you know, because I just, I just made that all up right now, uh, including the, mm-hmm. the, the name of my friend, Monica. So anyways, uh, <laughs> that's like a direct, that's a direct transfer of a parasite to the next host. But some parasites have intermediate hosts like the botfly that I talked about two episodes ago. And there was a parasite mm-hmm. in the news lately uh, that has an intermediate host. And that's what I want to talk about. It is the 
rat lungworm, which is just... I'm sorry. Oh, chef's kiss. The what? A, <laughs> the, the rat... rat Lung worm. Worm. A lung worm. I'm assuming yeah, now, I should say it's a worm that lives the lungs of rats. I mean, and that's where it, maybe it's a it nematode technically. And so nematodes okay. are in that thing. When I say worm, people often think of like a like an earthworm. Earthworm. Right? But, but nematodes like nematode, are also considered yeah. worms. They call them worms. But uh, so, so oh, English Kirk, language kind why? of breaks down. They're a little confusing. But this is the nematode known as the rat lung worm. And as you might guess from the name, this parasite likes to live and reproduce in the lungs of rats. Rats. Now, it would be reasonable to assume that since these parasites live in lungs and rats' lungs, that the parasite may be spreading through inhalation, right? I mean, after all, it's, it's in your lungs. Maybe you cough it out. Someone gets it in their lungs or something. No. I don't think I've no, ever seen a works. rat cough. It's very, you know, it's little. It's just a little tiny call. Um, okay. So I, I'm just going to read an extract from a scientific journal that describes how complex the process works uh, in a very pretty succinct way, because I think they just summed it up great. Rodents become infected by ingesting terrestrial gastropods, acting as an intermediate host infected with third stage L3 larvae. In the rodent host, this L3, migrate through vasculature to the central nervous system and after two molts become mm -hmm. adult nematodes that then migrate to the pulmonary Ugh. artery. After mating, okay. females lay eggs that hatch first stage larvae, L1, in the lung air spaces. Mm -hmm. And I might think, well, that, are they going to get like coughed out then? Well, no. What it says is the L1 ascend out? the trachea pass into the digestive system after being swallowed by the rat host and then exit the body through feces. Poop. All right. End quote there. So rats can go to as many rat weddings as they want without fear of catching rat lungworm from the other participants. As again, it isn't spread uh, from rat to rat. The right. larvae are excreted in feces, which... Sorry to keep saying that word, but uh, the feces are in, then in turn eaten scat. by snails and slugs. The scat, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and the larvae develop in the snails, but they can't like fully mature into adults and find a mate when they're in the snail. They have to somehow get back into the rat. Well, good news, everyone. Uh, yeah, rats like to be all fancy. And oh, nom, nom, yeah. nom, nom, nom on escargot. And when rats eat infected yeah. snails, the lungworm gets back into the rat and the life cycle completes. So that's like pretty complicated. That's involving rats and snails, <laughs> which I don't usually associate rats and snails together. No, I Kinda don't weird. either. But also the fact that like the little eggs, the L1 larva, they go up yeah. the trachea and then have to be swallowed. Uh -huh. That's wild. Yeah, so I'm thinking that's... like they end up in the mouth or something, and the rat's like, <clears throat> oh, let me just <clears throat> swallow that down. Like, I don't know exactly right. how that's happening, but uh, yeah, that's quite a route. But how do you it's, like, it's shows, like, evolve nature, to that level, too? Well, like, if there's a pathway that can be exploited, nature eventually figures it out. When you got millions of years to work on this stuff, the things that didn't work aren't here. So the things that are here is the stuff that worked, and something figured out that that's an exploit that's an exploit that can be used right 
I will say yeah. if you ever find yourself at a rat wedding where they're serving snails, that's just a recipe for disaster. Just pass mm-hmm. on the rat or pass on the escargot, right? Don't 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 <laughs> eat the snails. Uh, if it's a a rat wedding, maybe just don't eat the snails, you know, at a human wedding either. Uh, but mm. my story, Rachel, does not end there. I did mention that this parasite not. has been in the news lately. Uh, in fact, oh, no. the quote I read about the life cycle was actually from researcher Nicole Gottdenker and a whole team of researchers from multiple universities and zoos. Uh, this article was in the journal Emerging Infectious Diseases, which, let me tell you, is a delightful, nightmarish journal of things to be paranoid about. Uh-huh. That's right. Yes, Emerging it is. <laughs> infectious diseases. It's like stuff you didn't even know you should be worried about. That's basically what they should this call it. This is where all journal. the hypochondriacs, like, this is what they read for bed. If you're, before bedtime. If you're a hypochondriac, do not pick up a copy of this journal because... <laughs> Please don't. You know. Yeah, or if you're just kind of paranoid in general, don't read it. Uh, but the news that this team of researchers uh, uh, kind of broke was that they found rats infected with rat lungworm in Atlanta, Georgia. And typically this is not something that's found in North America or had not been in the past. But now that it's been found in Georgia, this adds to our list of U.S. states where it now has been found. So rat lungworm has now been found in Hawaii, Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, and as I mentioned, now Georgia too. And yes, Rachel, I hate yes, that. humans can get infected with rat lungworms. No! Yes. No, Kirk, no. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Why, Kirk, yeah. why? Yeah. Um, obvious, well, here's the deal. Uh, obviously, we can get it the same way that rats do by eating snails. So if you're someone who likes to eat snails, uh, that's not really great. Uh, if you cook them, you should be fine, actually. A little too I think most cases of this have been like kids like daring each other to like eat a snail or some little kid like picks up a snail and eats it or something. So don't be eating snails, mm-hmm. especially raw snails. Um, also, though, uh, it's believed you can get it from eating frogs and frog legs. And, you know, frog legs are considered a yummy snack in some places like Louisiana. So, again, make mm-hmm. sure those are real cooked well. I know you're thinking, you know, I'm not too worried. Uh, I don't eat snails. I don't eat frog legs. You know, I'm all good. Well, that's what I'm thinking right now. No, Kirk. You're still not safe, Rachel. Apparently, people have also gotten infected by simply eating lettuce or other vegetables. Uh, So you're like, well, hold on. I I do understand why. I do. I have made the leap in my brain. I know you're going to explain the leap, but... I hate that, Kirk. I hate it. Well, I was thinking more that it was like just the, the snails had had been on the lettuce. But the stuff I was reading no. was saying that it could be that if you have lettuce and bits of snail get like broken up and with the lettuce, basically. Mm-hmm. Like as it's harvested mm-hmm. or if it's processed in the kitchen, there might be a little some little tiny snails in there. They get all diced up and you eat those up. Incidentally, another good reason to wash your produce, people. Wash your produce. You don't want to get rat You should do that worm. anyway. Ugh. You should do that <clears throat> anyway for multiple yeah. reasons. And here's just one of the reasons of the why. fact that, like, so, right. You, like, you should do it just because, like, you don't know, like, even if it says it's been triple washed or whatever, the amount of the leading cause of any, like, recall or, like, diseases that happen, like E. coli or anything like that, yeah. 
happened because of lettuce. Yeah. Wash your lettuce. Yeah, I was just <laughs> talking with uh, my brother about this. You know, people, uh, he, he was had the big debate about does lettuce have any place on a hamburger, which I am in agreement with him. The answer is no. And someone else pointed out that Aww. you are j- almost just as likely to get sick from the lettuce on the burger as you are from the meat being like undercooked because yeah, there's lots of cases of bad lettuce out there, especially at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Oof, like lettuce is sketchy. But let's say you do eat some yeah. of that lettuce and you become infected with these worms. What can happen? Oh, no. Right? Fevers, oh God. headache, uh, painful skin, drowsiness, stomach problems, stiff neck, neurological problems. Look, Rachel, this is sort of like uh, Victoria's story from a number a month or so ago about the, the woman in Australia who had the worm in her brain. Do you remember this uh-huh. story? Oh, my gosh. This I is do horrible. remember. Yep. I the do remember rat lung worms. I, they must get a little confused when they get in a human because they can end up in your brain. No, I even saw one report. they could end up in your eyes. No, that's worse. Awful. Almost just worse awful. than your brain. Uh, theoretically, um, you know, they can to get in your brain. They basically can cause meningitis. Uh, and this could right. theoretically cause like a coma or even death. But I will say mm-hmm. this is apparently exceptionally <laughs> rare. Uh, uh-huh. Remember, these parasites want to be in rats. And while humans and rats are very similar in some ways, even used like, you know, we test medicines and stuff with rats. Uh, we are really not an ideal host for this parasite. So most infections, Mm-mm. good news, do clear up on their own within a matter of weeks uh, as the human immune system just sort of kicks butt and wipes out the invaders awful so that's well i mean it's great news i mean they they say if you think you are infected with this you should see a doctor because meningitis is serious but most cases they just sort of keep an eye on people and they clear up on their own which is that's really good news but still still people i i don't want i don't want worms i don't want i'll take a hard pass rat lungworm oh yep no yeah so i'm just gonna end by reminding everybody to wash your vegetables and stop eating snails. Wash them. Veggies. All right, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, Rachel, I think you got something for us, right? I, I do. <laughs> Woo. Does it involve worms in your brain? No. Welcome back, everyone. Now, Victoria isn't here with us this week, but I do have a topic that reminded me of Victoria. So, Victoria, oh, just here in spirit, I hope right? I do this justice for you. Is there pronouncing also, of I'm lots so of sorry complex Latin words? There's at least two. Excellent. She'll be missed. So, she'll always. So, sometime around 2020, 2021... There is a mycologist in India who went into, for those of you who didn't know, a mycologist is a person who studies fungal, fungi mm-hmm. uh, and fungus. Same thing. He went into a hospital in Kolkata after suffering from some interesting symptoms for about three months. So oh, okay. already this man 
sounds like something I would do. Takes about three months. <laughs> We're just going like, to push eh, it on. I guess I'll go yeah. to the hospital. I guess I'll go in. The man who is unnamed, and to be fair, I also wouldn't want to be named, had symptoms oh, of a boy. horse throat. He had a cough. He had been experiencing a hard time swallowing and lingering fatigue. Doctors obviously okay. went to work since the and since <sighs> the problems that he seemed to be experiencing for the most part seemed to be located in his upper chest and throat. They did a CT scan, oh, which showed an abscess. <sighs> I feel like I, I feel like I his, see where this is going. It's not. An I abscess. don't know. Mm. Oh they, it showed an abscess <laughs> right next to his trachea, so his like windpipe, uh, which is a growth of sorts. Yeah. They took samples of the pus oh. that Gross. they found in the abscess, and they sent uh-huh. it to labs, the lab. <laughs> but they did not find what they were expecting. No. No, they did not. It wasn't a bacteria. It wasn't a virus. And instead, after uh-huh. testing for both bacteria and virus, they found hyphae. They sure did. Oh my gosh! So some people, if you don't mm-hmm. know what hyphae is right now, you're like, well, I don't know what I want. Hyphae in, are us, pretty much like to give you an an, an equatable. Uh, well, like an approximation or a, yeah. There we go. They're like the roots of a plant, but for fungus. Yeah. For fungi. Basically fungus. Hyphae are the roots. roots. Oh, dude had a fungus growing in his like trachea. That's uh-huh. where I assumed you were going with this. That's horrifying. It gets worse. Oh, now, don't. Oh. <laughs> now, humans don't generally... We do get fungal infections, but they're not sure, extremely yeah. like weird and they aren't super common. Some toe fungus. We know or... in the world, exactly. In the world, there are millions uh, upon millions of types and species of fungi. Right. But only like a couple hundred have been shown to affect humans. Uh, some common infections okay. are things like ringworm or athlete's foot, uh, which happen when we're too damp for too long or and are exposed to the fungus and this is generally because is, our is body ring temperatures worm, as is humans, ringworm a fungus yes it is as i almost had it or people thought i had it for a little while it's a really? fungus it is you get antifungals for it i guess i didn't realize that wild isn't it <laughs> I, I guess we need to talk about ringworm on the show sometime. Okay, but we will. news flash. Kirk learned something new during the show. And that's 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 why we're here. That's why we're that is here. truly why we're here. Yeah. Awesome. So generally okay. speaking, wow, I'm still my oh. my brain is reeling from that one. Okay. Man, I could have told you this like months ago. I thought I had ringworm for a long time, and then I did. I do not. I took an antifungal like cream or whatever, and oh, nothing well, happened. So it wasn't congratulations that. Congratulations on what not having ringworm, I guess. Thank you. So people, generally speaking, don't get that many fungal infections, and generally the reason why is because our body temperature is our body temperature is about 
lingers at 98 thereabouts and it stays yeah. too high and too for too consistent of a time for fungi to really take root in our bodies and be okay. able to infect us all that easily. It's not a temperature and that isn't fungi that has a delightful, evolved. wonderful thing. <laughs> isn't it great? They haven't evolved to be able to deal with that high of a temperature. They're used to much cooler yes. temperatures, which is maybe one right. reason why we should be more concerned about global warming or in climate change. But, you know, anyway. However, this man, this 61 year old man, this mycologist was not infected with any of the usual suspects of fungal infections. To the point where the samples are so say of that's a terrible joke. Go <laughs> on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he would so the sample of that infection was sent to the World Health Organization. And through DNA, As the be, yeah. WHO identified it as a fungal species that generally infects plants. Huh, okay. Not people. This fungus and had never been found to impact are humans. Quite different. They are very different. This had never been shown to impact or infect humans before. Wow. This and is it was not found the kind of thing that you want to be like known for. No. No, it is not. I was the first one. First one. Yay. First. So sweet. Oh, yeah. So this man was the, it, this fungus rather is the same <laughs> species that causes silver leaf disease. So the fungus, okay. the fungus is Conodrosterium purpurium. Nice. We're going to go with it, which generally affects the leaves and branches of plants in the rose family. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Really deadly to them, actually, and will kill the plant very, very quickly. Right. Now, he, this man, 61 year old man, was a mycologist, so he's probably infected somehow during field research. But otherwise, he was a completely healthy 61 year old. He didn't have any sort of immunity deficiencies or diseases, no chronic illnesses, wow. no sort of problems at all. And the fact that he had this infection isn't great, uh, but he was treated with antifungals and had the okay. abscess drained over the course of oh, two gross. months. Oh, oh. <laughs> so oh gross. no. Oh, uh, so over two months, he had bro, antifungal. I don't want to imagine how they did that. <laughs> I don't either. Actually, I do know, and it's just as gross as you think it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. He proceeded to have checkups for the two years following, and he's fine, which is awesome. There's wow. been no reinfection, which is great. No, I. However, you didn't mention it, so I'm guessing the answer is like we we don't know where the answer is no, but like was this a particular fungus that he was studying, or is just sort of like it just happened to be that he was a mycologist who got this? He happened to be mycologist that got this. He That's wasn't studying crazy, this Rachel. type of fungus. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Come on. Yeah, he wasn't 
no, he he wasn't studying this fungus at all. He was just he was studying something completely I mean, he's probably, different probably... and doing field research. <sighs> and yeah, if you're in a field, yeah. I mean that'll help. But geez, that's just what? Oh, I, yeah. This world is strange, you guys. Mm-hmm. But I love it. And I love it. This was reported. Uh, this was reported in September of 2023. And this is the first known case of an interkingdom infection, uh, a fungus, an infection that can affect across kingdoms, which is oh, oh, I see. Wild. What you're wow, really? The first ever. Yeah. Oh, we haven't man. found okay. something that really can affect plants, and then and also an animal. And animal that isn't really a thing. Interesting. Wow. That's such a cool story. Isn't that story. wild? <laughs> I mean, I feel sorry yeah, for the guy who had this abscess drained over two months, oh. but wow. Gross. It makes you wonder, too, like, how often has this sort of thing happened in the past, but no one knew mm-hmm. what was wrong, you know, and someone just ended up dying or right. clearing it themselves, and they're like, well, that was weird, you know. Um, you got to imagine this was hmm. not the first time. It was the first documented time, uh, but I hope it does not yes. become more normal. That would be really good. I mean, that that's the hope, but scientists obviously are, they're pretty concerned about the fact that this has happened at all. <laughs> Just imagine if your lungs were I infected mean, with uh, rat lungworm and a fungus at the same time. That would be uh, horrible. No, no. You see, Kirk, your lungs get the rat fungus, your throat get, or your lungs get the rat worm, and then... Your throat gets the fungus. Mm, I see. It wasn't quite down in the lungs. I can imagine it being in the Not lungs quite. would be far, far worse than in the uh, in the throat. Oh God! Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so my source. Are we sure this we're, week... we're we're still really hung up on the whole like Halloween theme? I feel like here we haven't quite. We truly are. Past, uh... I mean, look. I was going to do something the show nice, is called and Strange then this by happened, nature, you guys. and I could not. <laughs> Yeah, the show is called Strange we by Nature. To. You you know what you're getting yourself into. It's Halloween every week. We bring a lot of weird stuff to you. And thank you for being here for it. Uh, we do definitely appreciate you all. Absolutely. My sources this week were Science Alert, uh, an article from The Telegraph and the National Library of Medicine with the article being A Fungus Among Us, The Strange Tale of, of Condosterium Purpurium. I think there was more to Oof. it, but I cut the title off there. <laughs> it was wild. So that's what I got for you this week. Uh, simply stunning. So, Amazing. Thank you, Rachel. That was super fun. Uh, it was great. I mean, not for any of the people uh, involved, but hopefully for the listeners. Oh, <laughs> no. <for> <laughs> oh, we just uh, really wanted to go after infections today. <laughs> Victoria Apparently. is gone, so Apparently. we're feeling her absence with infectious diseases. I know. We miss her. <gasps> All right, Victoria, oh. thanks for listening, and thanks to everyone else for yeah. listening. And uh, we'll see everybody see next week. See you all next week. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and we love sharing this strange world with all of our listeners. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, that would be great. It lets other lovers of The Strange discover the show. You can reach out to us on social media by searching for Strange by Nature Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
you can send us an email as well. Our address is contact at strangebynaturepodcast.com. If you want more information about the show, you can also check out our website, which is strangebynaturepodcast.com. Until next week, get outside, stay curious, and embrace the strange.